Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. If you have any thoughts on what we should cover in a future episode, please let us know on Twitter at, at Cisco Champion. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we are going to dive into what was recently announced at Cisco Live in Las Vegas, and that is the ability to manage your Catalyst Networks in the Meraki dashboard. We're going to talk about that, plus what's going on today in wireless and switching, and the value this all brings to our customer, which ultimately is the ability to deliver a resilient, high-performance network experience that rapidly adapts to changing business needs. To bring you what you want to know, we have three phenomenal Cisco champion hosts, and not one, but two Cisco experts. So, let's get to the introductions. Gerard, we're going to start with you. Who awesome. are you? I love being <laughs> numero uno. <laughs> now, what's going on, everyone? Glad to be here again for another phenomenal episode. My name is Gerard Cavallinas. I am a engineer for Helian Systems, an MSP based in Philly, and I'm also the founder of Tech House 570, offering solutions, creating amazing content, and more. And you could find me on LinkedIn, at Gerard Cavallinas, on Twitter, at G Cavallinas. Awesome. Sam, you're up next. What do you do? Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here. Uh, my name is Sam Clements. I work for a large bar here in the States. I look after our mobility practice. Uh, also, avid social media uh, participant. I blog at sc-wifi.com, and you can find me on Twitter, at, at Samuel underscore Clements. All right. Ben, tell us about yourself. My name is Ben Story. I'm a senior network security engineer for Red Eye Network Solutions, and I can be found on the Twitters at NTWRK80, or I blog at packitforwarding.com. All right. Well, that leaves our experts, Alex and Nicholas. Thank you for joining us today. Um, can you tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco. All right. Yeah, so Alex Berger, I'm a senior technical marketing engineer uh, in the Meraki switching uh, team. Uh, I blog at wirelesslywired.com and uh, my Twitter handle is aaberger85. Hey everybody, and great to be back here. I'm Nicholas Viatecki. I'm a product manager uh, for our access points. Um, old timers will know it as Winboo, uh, but as you'll hear, you know, things are kind of slowly melting together on the, on the hardware side. Um, so I've been working with what we're going to talk about for the last 18 months, maybe a bit more. Super stoked to be on here. Um, Wireless Geek, uh, I do tweet a bit. Uh, you can find me at uh, S-W-I-A-T-E-C-K-I, which is my last name on Twitter. So yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm super happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Okay. So the champs are going to take over the discussion in a second, but I think a really good starting point is just to do a quick recap of what exactly was announced at Cisco Live in Las Vegas. Nick, why don't you kick off the wireless side and we'll go to the switching after. Absolutely. I love when wireless comes first. So on the wireless side, uh, what we announced is, first of all, you know, three new AP platforms, CW9166, 9164, and 62. Now, what is very special about these access points are not just are they 6E kind of completing the 6E portfolio, but these are common hardware platforms, meaning they can work both with the Meraki dashboard or with your 9800 uh, controller and DNA center. So 
very much a hardware announcement, but also a, uh, a opportunity and a choice for the end user to select which management mode, which we call it, uh, they can run it. Awesome. Yeah. And so from a switching perspective, uh, so at Cisco Live, we announced early access to the uh, monitoring of Catalyst and Rocky Dashboard, which has been coined as management. Uh, oh, God cloud management for Catalyst. Uh, so in this case, the early access allows us to attach some configuration, allowing for telemetry to be streamed to dashboard, showing kind of a uh, single pane of glass across uh, both, you know, just the standard uh, DNA mode, uh, which is where, you know, you can manage the switch from traditional means like SSH and uh, console, uh, coupled with that telemetry up to dashboard and uh, allowing for that, you know, that kind of single pane view of uh, the network. So the first thing I was interested in, which was was one of my first burning questions, the million dollar question. So when I heard this announcement, it was amazing because I, you know, the first thing I did was jump for Joy Lake. I'm sure for all of our clients and customers, like finally. But I noticed that they had mentioned the first thing we're going to be doing is right now monitoring was going to be fully, you know, enabled, the feature ready to go. And then, you know, being able to manage those devices is going to come a little bit later on. Could you dive into that? Yeah, absolutely. And so from switching, because uh, Nick is going to have a completely different answer than I am. Uh, so from a switching perspective, uh, one of our main goals was to try to kind of attach to a, a, an area of the market that we had been missing for a while, which is, you know, most of our customers are hybrid. And so being able to start bringing in visibility into those hybrid networks and ensuring that, you know, customers don't necessarily have to go to multiple places to find the state of the network was a was a huge pain point, uh, you know, up until now. And so I think the the first thing we were trying to do was give, you know, that visibility. And then the, the goal in the long term is obviously to have some level of flexibility when it comes to monitoring and management. So one of the things we're doing right now is working through the management side of things and how that's going to operate and how that's going to work best for, you know, our customer base, and especially not just our existing customer base, but, you know, the customer base we've yet to tap into, which uh, some could say would be some of the you know, larger enterprise environments as well. Hopefully that answered your question. No, it did, definitely. I was going to say, Alex said I was going to have a completely different answer on wireless. And I think, you know, it is an important point of this whole announcement that things work slightly different on, on wireless and switching, uh, simply looking at, you know, the use cases, the way you guys and our customers typically use our gear, right? So on the wireless side, common hardware, um, I like to sometimes think of it as a dual boot, depending on which stack you boot it in. It will operate very much as you know today, either a Meraki access point, so you know, no console, cloud managed, or a access point that joins the controller and you have all the nerd knobs. So on wireless, that's kind of the way to think about it, right? Two different software stacks. You can choose between them, but it makes it simpler when ordering and deploying and et cetera. And something I forgot to mention uh, that I should have is uh, what we support monitoring on. So uh, you know, at the gate, monitoring is going to be supported or is supported across the 9200 series, so L and standard 9200, 9300 series and the L variants, and then 9500s. We uh, do not have support currently for uh, the chassis-based switches, as that's a project for figuring out how to properly visualize that data and dashboard. Um, and that is supported on iOS XE 17.3 and above. Um, so just keep that in mind. So, you know, we're, we're looking at, at this new release, and we've got these wonderful hardware platforms that we're running both code bases on, so to speak. Um, obviously, it begs the question, you know, we've been hearing from Meraki for years of, you know, API first, API first, API first. And then we've been hearing from the Catalyst side about, hey, we've got all these 
great new APIs in the in the Catalyst 9000 series. Why are we looking at having two two separate code bases versus say having the dashboard managed using the existing Catalyst APIs or some other you know mismatch of APIs? Just kind of curious. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think. Uh... Unfortunately, I don't know if I can unpack that completely uh, just because of the, the sheer complexity. But uh, I think a lot of it has to do with we had, you know, we had initially drawn up a, a model around kind of building building a managed switch that kind of reflects the typical Meraki management modes, which means that, you know, there there is a you know, very, very rigid set of like the way configs are pushed down because they're all they're all managed from dashboard. I think one of the things that we are, you know, wanting to try to figure out is like what is the what is the best thing for our customers. And so from a Meraki perspective, our goal has always been around trying to make things as intuitive as possible and then kind of moving towards uh you know, building features based on um problem statements from customers and then working with customers on making sure those match what they need. And so that being said, um it's not to say that we don't leverage a lot of the uh, underlying infrastructure available within the platform. Uh, it's just a matter of how it's how it looks to the customer. And so when you look at like the intuitiveness of unboxing a ZTP connectivity for a switch, like the last thing we want to do is have you have to like sit there and hack at the, the switch locally before it connects to dashboard. Uh, and so in a roundabout way, answering your question, it's not that we are not necessarily leveraging some of those same APIs. It's just a matter of what we uh, provide and availability to the node directly. Uh, and when you look at like from a security perspective, uh, and then not only that, but a config management and like source of truth perspective, using our dashboard APIs means that we have a single source of truth when it comes to what's implemented down to the switch. Whereas if we had a you know variation of like local control and dashboard control, uh, that's where the that's where the, the the big problem statement lies, right? Is like how do you ensure that the customer experience is not off the rails, you know, honestly, uh, based on like you know many different fingers in the pie, if you will, as far as the config is concerned. But yeah, that that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, um, us old timers that uh, used to do voice, you know, the old uh, UC five hundred platform, you know, you do everything in the GUI until you couldn't, then you do it in the uh, command line and find out that the GUI no longer works. So yeah. Fully, fully understand. I actually just had a conversation on that topic with one of my coworkers who uh, is an old-time voice guy, and he's like, "Yeah, you had to learn how to hack the uh, the CLI config just enough to where it would still reflect in the uh, I don't remember what it was called the the manager, or you uh, yeah you had to give it away and just completely stop." So. I think just to reiterate, I uh, I don't think at any point our goal is to try to limit um, limit the platform functionality as much as it is try to guide what we end up releasing uh, to ensure that we kind of get that expectation around you know that intuitive control and management. And so you know previously we had this conversation around this MS three ninety platform was supposed to be kind of similar hardware to the Catalyst hardware. What's the story with that, and is that part of this, or is that something different? No, that's a great question. So yes, the MS390 is our first hardware platform that leverages common components. And in this case, yeah, the 9300, um, you know, and the MS390 are, are very, very, very close to, you know, looking exactly the same. Uh, there are some differences in some of the underlying native behaviors uh, and not really any difference in hardware. There are some things that may not be present on the 390 uh, that are present on 9300s. But 
in the end, the MS390 and the goal of both the MS390 was to provide a Meraki switch leveraging, uh, you know, Cisco hardware. It allowed us to kind of, you know, really start taking advantage of some of the, uh, the Cisco special sauce. Like, you know, you look at like ETA, NetFlow, uh, Adaptive Policy, which is, you know, static trust sec under the hood. Um, it allowed us to do a lot of like awesome stuff that we just we just couldn't pull off with our standard, uh, you know, acquisition process for ASICs. And so uh, what I'm trying to get to is that the, the goal behind the MS390 wasn't necessarily to take Catalyst and make Catalyst available in Dashboard, right? It was to create a, uh, you know, a Meraki experience from an unboxing and functionality perspective and align it with the existing things in Dashboard with the, you know, added benefit of being able to add cool features that, uh, you know, we could, we'd been asked for so for so long. Now, one of the cool things, too, is I, I know right now this is going to, you know, kind of encompass the whole 9000 series hardware portfolio. Do you think maybe later on, and I know, like, this is a big step in the beginning. So, like I always say, you got to crawl before you can walk, right? There's a lot of, you know, figuring out and things of that nature. But do you see additional models being added to this, being able to, you know, kind of cross-manage and vice versa down the line? I would hope so. Uh, so, yeah, Me too. I, I think <laughs> I think in the in the long run, I think the one, the one good thing we have going is that uh, the underlying OS has been fairly like what am i trying to say it is common across all of those platforms right you do have the differences in 9200s with ios xe Lite, uh but you know with that common common software platform it does help there is a hardware there are hardware differences in how some things operate that have that make it a little bit of a challenge and that's why you don't see like an initial launch of you know the entire catalyst portfolio at the gate uh um when we talked about management uh the management side not the monitor side and to add on to that, just like being the wireless guy here, right? On the wireless, there's a very simple answer. No. Um, the, you know, the kind of uh, migrating between these management modes, you know, it's the CW. And the, by the way, that's a good way to remember it. If, you know, if the PID starts with CW, you know, you, you can migrate between. Um, and there's, you know, there's technical limitations in terms. We put extra flash in there to make sure there's like primary and secondary images from both, you know, operating system. So if you're trying to migrate around, something fails, we can do proper fail back. Both the serial numbers are baked in there. So you can do native claiming. If you're used to Meraki, you know, you put the Meraki serial in there and you claim it. And all of that is put into these platforms. Now, with that said, because I know somebody's probably thinking that, what about 9136? What about MR57? I just want to say they're still, you know, top of the line flagship products. We have no plans of, you know, end of sailing them. They're still very much the kind of premier um, product in either line so so you, just to clarify you said 9136 and 57 they are not going to support this cross personality thing correct correct they're gotcha. not the nice and i, I was just going to add to what nick was saying and the nice thing is that we're not we didn't we didn't have any compromise in the middle there when it comes to behavior so like when in the meraki mode or in the dna mode or whatever we're calling it persona i don't remember now uh either way uh when in operating in those we didn't we didn't cut any corners when it comes to functionality so i've had questions around like is there a site survey mode in you know the cws yes absolutely it's going to operate as a meraki ap will in meraki mode and i imagine nick would say that in dna mode it will operate as you'd expect out of a you know a catalyst ap exactly and also as you could probably imagine you know the further down a portfolio you go, it's easier to make common hardware. We don't have any of those, I'm going to say unique features, you know, taking an eight by eight, splitting into two four by fours, you know, some of those differences between, you know, 36 and 57, um, you know, 
having to do those is extremely complicated. As we kind of go down the stack, it's a lot easier. Yep. So obviously, you know, since we can go from Meraki to uh, iOS and vice versa, it's going to take licensing changes. I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to buy a Meraki license or you're going to buy a DNA license to start. Um, is there going to be a pathway for, you know, let's, let's say that I've got a customer that they bought a hundred of the, you know, CWs with the iOS and DNA licensing to start. Um, down the road, they realize that Meraki is a much better fit for, say, their small branch locations, or maybe they're throwing it out to home offices, whatever the case may be. Is, is there a way to go from point A to point B, or is it a um, buy the new license and start over? So I'll, I'll answer a different question first, and then I'll answer yours if you don't mind. Because, <laughs> you know, it actually all starts with, like, how do you buy these? And I mentioned, like, CW PIDs. Um, you know, we've introduced a new PID for those of you that are, like, old-time WinBoo. We've had our regulatory domains. Now you'll see a new PID, which is dash MR. If you order it dash MR, it will come out of the box booting into our Meraki management mode. If you order the other PIDs, it will come out of the box ready to join a controller. Now, you can migrate between these, you know, um, in the field. There are some uh, things you have to do. Licensing is one of them for sure. Um, in terms of licensing, yes, there are migration programs. I'm not going to go too deeply into this right now. Um, I know we all love licensing and there's going to be a ton of collateral around how to do this. Um, but the short version is, yes, you can do this post-sales. Doesn't matter which PID you order to begin with. But I will say, order the PID that matches the kind of uh, management mode you're going to deploy with it just reduces the amount of steps you have to do right um, but it is you know same hardware uh, underneath on, on kind of the wireless side uh, alex i don't know you want to touch on the the switching side of the the business yeah um uh, i'm not the right person to answer that question actually which is great um i know that we are working through it and yeah the like when you look at monitor uh the monitor functionality we are actually effectively not enforcing any licensing things on it right now until next June. So if you, that's actually something I should have said earlier. So if you want to test it, kick the tires, it's very, uh, very easy. And there is a very low friction in that regard. Um, in the long run, we are looking at a way to validate licensing because we're not going to require in the monitor mode, uh, you know, a, a Meraki license. So it will use the DNA licensing, whether it's advantage or, um, you know, essentials and, with varying degrees of like advantage coming with the application visibility essentials. Unfortunately, we can't enable those AVC and bar functions. So, um, but yeah, I'm not sure of uh, how it's going to look in the end, but we are working towards that because it, it needs to be something that is not a giant hurdle. Uh, Cause I used to hate licensing and post sales. That was my least favorite thing. And I think a key way right now thinking about it is, like it's business as usual. You run it in one management mode, you need the license that's attached, like both switching wireless. And yes, there are ways to move between, but there's not a new license type or anything awesome. like that, right? Well, we, we, we definitely appreciate flexibility. I mean, that's that's great for customers. Excellent. Well, I'd like to jump in here if I could. Um, so obviously we're talking about, you know, sort of this cross-pollination between, you know, the, the, the DNA side of the business and the Meraki side of the business. Traditionally speaking, both of them have been focused on different market segments. 
uh, different features. Um, obviously, a switch or even an AP and DNA mode is going to have a thousand more features than what the Meraki dashboard is going to support. How do you how do you recommend people reconcile that or at least start to understand, you know, if I take this from one persona and I move to the other persona, what am I going to gain? What am I going to lose? I would say on on wireless, kind of going back to that mantra of like business as usual, right? If a 9136 supports a feature, chances are it's going to be there on the 66 when you run it with a controller as well, right? Now, for us, it's not feature parity, so to say, it's not a goal. Now, use case parity, like that's a different conversation, right? Sure. But I think the easiest way, first of all, is, you know, documentation on either side is the source of truth. What is supported, right? Especially on wireless, it's two different... um, let's say software loads that are loaded. Um, and also in general, on the Meraki side, if it was supported on the previous generation AP, it's probably supported on this one, right? So business as usual when you're running. Now from cross-pollination point of view, of course we are looking into you know bringing the best of both worlds here, um, but there is an inherent, you get all the nerd knobs on one side, on the Meraki side, you want simplicity, right, as well. So some features might not um, lend themselves very well to simplicity, right? I hope that that answers your question or not, but please. No, I was more picking on Alex than I was you. You know, switching is hard. Wireless is easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've heard you say yeah, that. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, when it comes to, when it comes to the, you know, I would say the differences in behavior. I mean, that's something that we're working on right now is like, you know, what are, uh, what is the best way to articulate those? And I think it's along the same lines as like, you know, if a if a feature is supported in, you know, the as of right now, if a feature is supported in like the MS390, uh, it's going to be supported in the 9300 um, when in uh, that managed mode. But um, we also haven't launched the managed mode yet. So, you know, that's always subject to change, subject to change in maybe a potentially incredibly positive manner. So I think like and that's all I can say to that. But like in the end, like the the goal is always going to once again, as Nick said, like air towards the. And I don't, I don't like to use simplicity per se, because I think that neglects the sheer power of some of the things that we do orchestrate. I'm just going to give you a hard time, Nick. But uh, I like to say intuitive in the fact that a lot of things um, are incredibly complex under the hood. And yet what we try to pr- provide in the front end is as intuitive and straightforward as possible. And if that means simple, cool, but not to me. So, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, But in the end, yeah, I, I think like we don't expect to have feature parity. Uh, especially for what's provisioned from dashboard. Uh, I don't think that it's achievable in, you know, in the short term, especially when it comes to, you know, expectations and, and then usability. And that's, that's purely the fact. It's just an exercise. If you ever read a CVD, whoo, boy, there are some toggles and things that you can tune and tweak that may only be used in like 2% of the deployments. And so it's a matter of like still operating on, you know, if a customer has a need for something, We'll investigate it and you know try to pull that forward. And actually, uh, you know, if you have something that makes you angry or you know maybe makes you super happy, believe it or not, that make a wish still does go to people. And uh, everyone that covers a specific product, when you're under that product page, will get those wishes, um, even the ones with lots of expletives. So um, yeah. <laughs> we do see those, and we use those in every single feature. Like uh, honestly, every time we investigate and start researching we use like we query those wishes and we look at like what people have asked for and we use that as a kind of a guiding principle around like 
what the desirability is for specific things. It may not come right away. I know some people that have put in wishes for years and then they get the thing later. And, you know, some people put in wishes so often that it becomes a, you know, a thorn in our sides and we realize, yes, this is something we should probably make um, sooner than later. So um, one thing I want to not neglect is, you know, especially for the listeners is that if you do have a functionality or, you know, a specific problem statement, don't, don't hesitate to bring that to your like sales team because they can come in and create uh, effectively enhancement requests for us. And then we can start investigating and potentially interviewing the customer asking for that and figure out, you know, what the feasibility is and all that of that solution or, or feature set. So I'm glad you really do- you dived into that, Alex, because that was one of the things I was, you know, interested too, was like, you know, I know there's certain people who are utilizing, you know, Meraki management mode on these devices versus like DNA. Is there going to be a way down the line to kind of migrate those? And I mean, is that part of, you know, the bigger picture you're, you guys are looking at, y'all are looking into? Yeah. Yeah. So like, as of right now, the, the managed mode is not, uh, not out. Uh, and that's on purpose because we are trying to ensure that what we do end up launching is like as perfect as possible. Uh, and more so really hits that, um, you know, best of both worlds experience. And so, um, it's not out yet. So when it is out, uh, I think the, the expectation or goal is going to be to have that flexibility, um, you know, between, you know, what, what mode of operation the, uh, endpoint is in. And getting back to wireless for a second, what about other products in the wireless portfolio, such as controllers? That's a great question, Sam. <laughs> Probably something a lot of people are thinking. So for now, we're just doing APs. You know, are we just looking APs. into what can we do with controllers? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, very much inspired by what's happening in switching where kind of the first step is monitoring, right? Um, but of course, the concept of a controller hasn't really existed in the Meraki dashboard. So there are some, you know, discoveries and some conversations we have to have there first. So, you know, what we announced is APs. We're definitely looking at what the next step will be. But yeah, for now, it's APs. Well, and I'll be especially interested to see how the rest of the enterprise networking portfolio fleshes out, specifically around routers, security appliances, especially in light of the Viptela acquisition, right, that comes with its own cloud management portal. And then we, of course, have security appliances on the Meraki side. And then, of course, traditional Cisco, you know, security and routing and all that fun stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Can you tell us what's going to (laughs) win? So, I mean, I don't think any you're not going to hear me and Alex say what's going to win. Honestly, and I this might might come across a bit corny, but I actually do mean it. The customer wins because you know that two percent use case Alex was talking about before. Sure, if you don't need that anymore, or you need new gear, you can move that over to a different mode and use it there, right? So I think actually, kind of if you sum up, a lot of what's announced is simplicity. At the end of the day, you know, around the life cycle, not just the deployment, but you ordering. Um, moving gear around in your inventory, right? And not having to, to worry about that. Yeah, so, so I guess, I guess one of the, uh, you know, elephants in the room with any, anytime we're talking about hardware right now is what, what's it look like lead time? Are, there, are these things able to be shipped or are they sitting on, on a dock somewhere waiting for us, just like every other piece of equipment we, that we're waiting on? They're in the Suez Canal parked sideways. It's <laughs> <laughs> hanging out. I mean, depending on when you hear this recording, the answer might be different, but the short one is yes. Fair enough. I don't have an answer for switching. I think that all Cat 9K sales are uh, subject to the, the chipset shortage, unfortunately, which means that, like, yeah, we have, like, even even when it comes to, like, the standard Meraki switching, like, we're trying desperately to get, you know, get units and get them out, so. 
But I think it is worth mentoring, Alex, right? If you're a switching guy, I'm not, but I know this because I tried it. Like you can do cloud monitoring on your existing switches. Like if you have a 93, 92, you can go ahead and try out monitoring today, right? Or even a 9500, even in VSS. Just putting that out there. I've had so many people ask me, they're like, oh, but it doesn't support the 9500. Like, where'd you hear that? That's not true. Um, no, it's, uh, I think like the, in the long run, yeah. Uh, when you, when you look at like, I think one of the reasons we did the early, uh, you know, the early access right out the gate at Cisco live. I mean, if you've followed Meraki over the course of the last 10, 12 years, even longer, uh, usually we never launch something early. It's always like, this is the GA here you go. Uh, and in this case, uh, this is one of those ones where we wanted to have a lot more input from customers and input from the field on like what's there, what's functional, um, what would you like to see? So that when we do JA the, the, the product or get further along in the product, uh, it's it's far more focused around like real world, you know, field, field feedback. Uh, and so the nice part there is that as Nick said, you can run it uh, today and you can go to dashboard you go to your organization inventory, you can download the onboarding app and go through that process super quick and onboard your equipment and start kicking the tires. And we will not enforce any licensing requirements until next June. So, and that is June, 2023, for those listening. And so <laughs> I always forget the dates, you know, this might not be listened to for a year. So you might listen to this and enforcement's on, but, um, but as of right now, the goal is to, you know, make it as low friction as possible. All right. Well, Alex, Nicholas, any last thoughts or questions before we close? Uh, I have both a question for, for the guys here, but also a comment. Um, one of the things that sometimes tends to get overlooked, which is actually super awesome, is it's not just you know product. There's also our tech and our support being interlinked. Like there's a lot of things in the back end that you guys, customers, might not think about until they're in that situation which is also kind of in, in process right now and somebody just delivered already, right? So you call one, they actually know how to help with this or if not, they can actually do, you know, behind the scenes case tagging with each other. So there's a huge amount of work and, you know, big shout out to the teams working on that that's, that's happening there. And well, hopefully you guys will never see that because you don't have to call tack or support. But, you know, for those that have, we've done a ton of improvement there. In terms of a question, I'd love to hear from you guys. Like, what's the one thing we should like focus on or keep in mind or your biggest concern with this, right? I mean, Alex and I are going to go back to our products teams. We'd love to hear kind of top of mind from you guys. Controllers. <laughs> controllers. <laughs> controllers. I, I think for me, I, someone who's has to wear both the pre-sales and post-sales hat, um, my biggest concern is just is how we go forward with this. You know, how, how does it actually look to the customers long-term? Because We've had some stumbles in the past, and so there's some there's some shops that no, we'll never use Meraki again because of blah blah blah, and there's some shops that will say no, we'll never use Catalyst again because of blah blah blah. So we want to make sure that you know that everything's stable. I mean that's 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 the key, the key is you know if we're going to put our reputations as engineers on the line, we you know we need to know that we can count on it no matter which mode it's in. We we don't want to be telling a customer, well you ordered in this mode, but there's bug x y and z so let's switch it to the other mode to avoid that bug great great feedback really appreciate that yeah it's really it goes to just piggyback on that it's just the better testing the more efficient because again even as engineers and, and you said i usually work on one side not so much post sales yet but i got time in my career i hope but you know 
the, the more we show these things and our, we just want to make sure, you know, the propositional value, you know, because a lot of clients are going to be, you know, Hey, why am I going to, you know, use this? Or am I going to lose features, you know, especially through the Meraki dashboard? Am I, am I losing things? You know, everybody wants the bells and whistles, right? Everybody wants, you know, the Mac filtering and, and, and a bunch of, you know, everything, but the real question comes down to, okay, well, if I'm getting this, am I losing this and why? So it's just being able to, you know, kind of give them those options and leverage that if they want it. And, and I think for my part, in, in addition, obviously, being controlled, concerned about controllers, um, but I think licensing, and I know nobody likes to talk about licensing, and I'm sort of glad that Cisco, it sounds like, hasn't quite got that nailed down just yet, because I'd rather see you guys sort of give us some grace as you're trying to figure out what that looks like. But whatever that comes out has got to be spelled out in, in very plain English and very black and white language, and it's got to be, you know, easy to get a hold of. It's, you know, it's got to be... Um, clear right and that method of of moving licensing right we we don't want to we don't want to make the licensing problem worse than it already is and and let's be honest it's it's not in a great place right now so i'm i'm hopeful that that's a good thing that we're we're waiting and i'm uh fingers crossed and and i think the benefit of the fact like sam said that it's still in flux or still you know being developed hopefully that means that once it's not in flux it doesn't change every other year that's been the biggest problem with licensing is you never know what it's going to look like. Is it like a box of chocolates? Uh, yeah, you, you definitely don't know, don't know what, what you're, you're going to get half the time. But <laughs> <laughs> never, never know. All right. Well, to our listeners, if you have any comments or feedback, feel free to tweet any of our champs or Cisco experts with your thoughts. If you want to learn more, check out the links pres- provided in the show notes below. And of course, your weekly reminder, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform. And receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you again next week.